If the Bible records history right from the beginning of time, how do we understand where things like the fossil record was laid down? Today on Creation Magazine Live, where do the fossils fit? This is the audio podcast version of our TV show. Both of them are produced by Creation Ministries International. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And today uh, we're going to be discussing where do the fossils fit? Now, you know, it's not just Christians that need to ask questions like this. It's a very specific question. But really, sure. all worldviews, including Christianity, atheism, Hinduism, whatever, we all need to be able to explain the universe around us, right? So where does good, you know, how did good get here? How did evil get here? How do bad things fit in? Um, how do we explain life on the planet? All of those things, any comprehensive worldview needs to to figure that stuff out. Right, and yeah. one of the things we see around us is the fossil record. Mm -hmm. And so how does Christianity explain it? Where in the Bible does it fit in? To begin to answer that question, we need to come up with dates for some Bible events and the fossil record. Right. Now, when you're talking uh, about fossils, that's a record of death, dead things in the ground. Um, you know, this is, these are commonly interpreted as being millions and millions of years old, but that wasn't always the case. Up to, you know, let's say 150, 200 years ago, that wasn't really how at least Western world countries would explain that, right? Right. But yeah. people like James Hutton kind of reignited the concept of millions of years of Earth history, and then, of course, championed by Charles Lyell, who reinterpreted those rocks as being laid down over millions of years, so vast eons of time. And of course, because the fossils are contained within the rocks, those uh, waterborne sedimentary uh, rocks, then obviously then the fossils must be millions of years old. That's how they come up with that date. Sure. So right. fossils, millions of years old, that's a common, everybody, that's, that's what is popular today. Fossils are millions of years old. Right. So if, if we have a date for the fossils then, mm -hmm. we need to get a date for some things in Genesis. And right. if we focus on the end of creation, if we focus on when God called his creation very good, right. um, that would be thousands of years ago. I mean, there are Christians that... Uh, uh, that believe in that God created over eons of time, but right. they'll stretch out the days. They'll do things like that. But nobody, to, to, to our knowledge, no one believes that the end of creation was millions of years ago, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of years ago. Right. Uh, so that if we if we want to start to blend these two, where, where do the fossils fit? That's what we need to consider. Right, because of the chronogenealogy, right? After Genesis. So even if you're saying Genesis is myth, it's it's mythology, but but then you've got those real people and their real dates and how long they yes. lived and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you don't fit the millions of years in before then. Now, of course, CMI, uh, Creation Ministries, we take the Bible as plainly written, which means we believe in... Uh, exegesis, not eisegesis, right? We're supposed to look at God's Word and see what it says and let it speak to us. It, it, it speaks to us. We don't speak to it. We don't look at those words and say, oh, well, maybe this could be this, maybe that could be that, and we don't, we don't just do that. We just want to take it as plainly written, which is actually the common way most evangelicals would at least profess that uh, we should read the Bible. Yeah, certainly in the past that would have been more popular. But, yeah. So if we have those dates, we have, the, we have uh, the end of creation, God calling us creation very good, which he said right at the end of creation once everything was there, right. and the fossils millions of years old, then if we put the fossils in sequence with, our, with that event in history, God calling us creation very good, it would look something like this. You have this little sequence of events that you see here, fossils being millions of years old, and then about 6,000 years ago, God calling his creation very good, which means the fossils were already there when God called his creation very good, obviously. So that would mean that 
dead things, all the events that occurred to make those fossils then would be very good in, in that way of thinking about it. Now, right. of course, um, again, you mentioned uh, you know, where the millions of years would fit. Many Christians have accepted millions of years. And, and so most of them will put those in the days of creation, but that's really not the topic of our it doesn't really enter in here. That, that, that it's, it's related, but we don't need to discuss that. Yeah, we're not going to go over that, that already uh, again for sure. Previous yeah. show, exactly. Um, now the dates are important. Dates are because the thing is, if we if we look at the history that's recorded there in the Bible and we take the dates out, mm -hmm. it becomes once upon a time, God created. Right. It, so the the dates are important because those things that happened there in Genesis are real. And when we come back, we'll get to talking about some problems with this sequence of events. If this is the actual sequence that you're seeing here, um, the fossils millions of years old, and then already being in place when God called his creation very good. I mean, right away you've got, got some challenges here because the fossil record, number one, is not very good. No. Because what it records is death. And, and so, However you want to try to swing that. I mean, in today's world, when we look at death, it's not a positive thing. So you don't look at someone dying and go, oh, that's so great they died. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that death is a good thing, right. especially when we look at the uh, passages in the Bible that the very last enemy to be destroyed will be death. And it's an enemy. So right. uh, enemies aren't good things. And if the, if the enemy was already there, then how could you say everything's very good? Um, the other thing is very specifically, you've got death before Adam sins. Now, this is a real problem because as Christians, to explain the world, we're saying, why are there bad things in the world? Because mankind is in rebellion against their creator. And that started with our very first uh, set of parents. And so us being in Adam, um, the punishment for sin being death, we can explain death after sin, uh, but we can't explain death before sin. So the third thing is is um, the nature of the uh, of the future, new heavens and, and the new earth, because the the scripture plainly says that you know there's a, a creation, a good creation, a fall, and there's going to be a restoration. Right now, if you put all those millions of years of death in the first creation, which is supposedly very good, and we're going to get restored to the way we were in the beginning, then there's going to be millions and millions of years of death in the new creation. It it simply just doesn't hang. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's three major problems with this little sequence of events here if we put them in this sequence. Right. Let's, let's look at some details. Um, pain in the fossil record, we can talk about that. Sue is the nickname <laughs> given to the, the largest, most complete Tyrannosaurus rex ever found. And it's now on display at the Chicago uh, Field, Muse Field Museum in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Sue likely experienced great pain in, in its life. It was likely male, not female, but uh, uh, a study is still, still called her Sue after her discoverer. A study of the bones reveals that Sue suffered from a badly healed broken leg, three broken ribs, one of which healed in two pieces. Some of the tail vertebrae were fused together, likely due to arthritis. Infection is responsible for multiple holes in the skull. <laughs> uh, it was initially thought that uh, perhaps that was attacks, like tooth, tooth marks from other, uh, right. other dinosaurs, but it turns out that the more likely explanation is infections. So wow. it was parasites and, and that kind of thing happening there. The tooth of another, another dinosaur was embedded in one of the ribs, and it's likely also that Sue had gout. <laughs> the gout alone would have caused excruciating pain. So Sue, this largest, most complete T-Rex fossil uh, that you can see there in Chicago, uh, is, an, is, is a testimony to the pain that, that, would have uh, been, 
that, present that when we see in the fossil record. Right. So Sue was like the first cage fighter or something. It's, it's it's pretty something rough, like rough that. life. Um, okay, so uh, then that would mean there was pain before, uh, that God said pain is very good. In the fossil record, right. yeah. Uh, how about bone cancer? I mean, that's very common, actually, in the, in the, in the fossil record. Um, in October 2003, news broke uh, of a first ever discovery of a fossil brain tumor inside a creature called a Gorgosaurus, which is a relative of, of T-Rex. Right. A 7.5 meters, so 25 feet uh, long fossil from Montana. It's dated at 72 million years old. And pathologists said that the tumor was probably cancerous. But even if it was benign, uh, that tumor probably would have affected the, the, the creature's balance um, and eventually it would have been fatal. Just a, you know, a, a, un, um, ongoing tumor growth within its brain. So, so here you've got cancer and that's occurred in the fossil record. Now you would have had to say that God said cancer was very good. Right. Very so specifically. We're, we're building in these problems here. It's not just that the fossil record is this neutral thing. Right. There's pain, there's diseases like cancer and many other diseases. Right. Uh, the fossil record also contains thorns and carnivorous activity. Right. Now, for those of you who know your Bibles, you know that those things were a response to the curse on creation. Animals initially ate plants. Right. And thorns and thistles, Genesis 3.18 says that's when thorns and thistles came into being. There weren't thorns and thistles in the very good world, and yet there are thorns in the fossil record that are dated by evolutionists right. to somewhere around 300 million years. So now we're saying that there were thorns before God said thorns came into being. So now there's direct, we've got direct contradictions all over the place here with a plain reading of, right. of Scripture. And yeah. so it's becoming very difficult to explain our uh, worldview according to what we claim is our authority, and that is the Word of God. If the fossils are millions of years old, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. It's getting pretty clear that as Christians, we can't accept the notion that fossils were already in place when God called his creation very good only a few thousand years ago. So the fossils can't be millions of years old. That's obviously where we're going here. Right. Now, some of you might be getting a little <laughs> concerned and worried about that. Well, what are we doing? Where are we yeah, going we're, we're, here? We're not helping, right? We're not helping. <laughs> By pointing all this out. We will get to a solution. Just hang in there, stay tuned, and right. we'll get there. Now, there are more problems with the fossils already being there at that point in history. We're talking about sequencing here. How, where do we fit the fossils into biblical history? Right. So There's some more problems. If the fossil record really is millions of years old, that means that there was death before sin, right? But according to the Bible, it was a result of Adam's sin that physical death entered into this world. So in Genesis 2.17, we read, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And we get specifics okay. about that, you know. Uh, as a matter of fact, it, it says, uh, the day you eat of it, dying you will die. That's actually the way the Hebrew reads, right? Yeah. Um, it's a process and an event. At, that's right. Yep. And, uh, and we know that, you know, you, you'll return to the dust, right? You're, you're, there's a physical process that's going to happen when you die, right? And, um, I mean, think about it. If, if Adam was living at a time when creatures were dying anyway... What what would that mean? It, it wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? Well, evolutionists yeah. are pointing to uh, fossils that are supposedly humanoid or humans, right? And Neanderthals, and, and they were supposed to have uh, died. Yeah, millions of years old. You know, or hundreds of thousands anyway. So um, that would have had to been before in, in, the, in the six days of creation. So what? it just doesn't make sense. What, what would Adam, 
Adam would have gone, ooh, we're going to die? Well, we're going to die anyway, because <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's he, what right. he would have been that's observing if, all the way around. living things were li you know, living and dying all around him anyways, that command wouldn't have made any sense. Yep. That's a good point. Yep. Um, one of the key elements of the gospel is that Jesus dies to pay for sin. Right. This is, the, I mean, the central teachings <laughs> of Christianity. How do humans rid themselves of their sin right. and then become good or, or, or perfect before God in order to enter heaven? The right. standard for entering heaven is, yes, you need to be good. Good is a relative term, of course. Good, relative to God's version of what good is, is perfect. Right. And so, and, and, but this link between sin and death is critical to the central teaching of Christianity. In Genesis, we read that because Adam sinned, then death came into the, wor then death came into the world. There's a close link between sin and death. Right. And... If you don't have that close link, see, Jesus died a physical death to pay for sins. He That's couldn't right. perform some ritual to absolve us all of and our sins. It wasn't sins. just some spiritual death, right? It was, just, it was a, died a physical death. Right. Obviously, there's massive spiritual implications in all of this. We want to focus on, on this program on the real world physical implications. We're talking about physical mm -hmm. death, death that we see in the fossil record. Animals and plants are dead in the fossil record. So if you mess with the sequence in Genesis, if death was around before sin, then the wages of sin ain't death. <laughs> it's, you, 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 you attack the heart of Christianity See, in that sense. It's interesting because we just brought up one point, where do the fossils fit? And you'll talk to many Christians, oh, that stuff doesn't matter. But when you really start to analyze it and look at all this cross-linking of references in the scripture to this, to this, to this, to this, yeah, yeah. The, you know, it is a part of the, the, the gospel teaching when we talk about these physical events. And I think many Christians just maybe haven't thought these things through and, and really started to pick these things apart. And that's when, you, you know, the devil's in the details in, in a sense. Right? Yes, and that's why we want to talk about these exactly. things on this show. Exactly. To, let's get thinking about these things. Let's have this discussion. Where do the fossils fit? Seems like an innocent question. Yeah. But if you start to look at the nature of the fossil record and, and, and then death before sin, that's another major problem. And, and further, here's another one. If... All the bad things that we see around us and recorded in the fossil record and as well today, if those things were not a result of the curse on God's very good creation, but they've been around for millions of years before Adam and Eve sinned, right. then who's responsible for all the bad things and the evil that we see today? God would be. God. That's right. Because there's no one else to, <laughs> right. to pin it on, right? Instead of looking at the creation and saying, oh, this, this is such, look how sin has destroyed God's perfect world. Those things are attributed to God. Mm. And so those, there are some serious problems with having the fossils being millions of years old. Here's another problem, in case you didn't have enough. enough. <laughs> um, the new heavens and the new earth, we talked about this a, a little bit earlier. They're to yes. reflect the original very good creation. So if you've got this millions of years of fossils um, and, and you're saying the, the original world was very good, then obviously the... Uh, what we see in Revelation where it says there's going to be no more tears, no more death, no more crying, no more pain. Doesn't make sense. As we mentioned, death is supposedly the last enemy. So that doesn't work. I mean, what's the world going to be restored to? If it's going to be well, restored the to the way right? it was in the beginning, then in the beginning you've got millions of years of death, death recorded disease, in the fossil record. cancer, yep. pain, and all of those things, is that the way the Bible describes the future restoration? Of course not. That's right. Um, and we see many skeptics struggling with this. You can see people that declared themselves Christians in the past, went through these thought processes, end up saying, nah, the Bible can't be trusted, I guess the larger question in all of this is, 
where did death and suffering come from? Why is there right. evil in the world? And yeah. this is just a different way of thinking about this using the fossil record and, and, and right. where does it fit in? So what's the solution? So we talked about these problems. What's the solution? If we have a sequence that looks like this, you have millions of years and that, that doesn't seem to work. We know the nature of the fossil record and so on. What we need to do is get the fossils after God called his creation very good. Well, that would mean then that the fossil record must be very young. That's right. Right? Because yep. if you add up the chronology in the Bible... Uh, to the creation when God said everything was very good and, and the fossils came after that, then those fossils must be very young. Right, right? yeah. Um, and we can, we can put those dates up there as well and you can see some, some dates here. The first two events, God calls his creation very good around 4000 BC. Then you have Adam's sins. He eats the fruit he was told not to. That's original sin. And then the curse of death and bad things comes into the world and the fossils after that Event. So, so it must be less than 4,000 BC. Right, but how do you get younger. thousands of feet, like miles of layers with, with all sorts of dead things? How do you get that uh, within this short period of time? Um, that's the question, right? And of course, Noah's flood is the answer. Genesis 6 to 9, it occurs after uh, Adam has sinned. Um, it, it's a catastrophic event, unlike any other event that's ever occurred on the planet. And what would you expect to happen if uh, Genesis 6 to 9 was correct, right? Yeah, you expect yeah. to find billions of, of, of animals dead and entombed in, in, uh, in rock. Yeah, there's such a beautiful cause and effect relationship actually between the flood and the fossils. The fossils is a, is a, it's a worldwide burial of plants and animals showing yep. evidence of rapid burial, beautiful preservation in many cases. So there's the, there's the effect. What's the cause of that? A worldwide flood, mm -hmm. rapidly burying plants and animals. Beautiful. That's right. Man, I, I love being a Christian. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It just, it, it all fits in there. And the sequencing is right. We've right. got death after sin, after death enters the world. Yep. It all makes sense. Yeah, the flood really is like a key, right, to understanding the age of the earth. It, it is. It, you know, I've seen this happen so many times presenting uh, at churches, and I'm sure yourself and, and many of our speakers worldwide, where suddenly Christians go, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense now that this is a real event. You don't have death before sin. It, it really unlocks understanding for, for people. It does, because a flood would have done very quickly what at today's rates of erosion and sedimentation, mountain building, continental drift, and so on, probably would have taken millions of years. Right. But a flood would do that geologically very quickly. So then everything fits into that 6,000 year of history that's recorded in the Bible. And of course, you know, these ideas of millions of years popularized by people like Charles Lyell, right? He wrote the book Principles of Geology. And in his book, he championed the concept of uniformitarianism, that these layers were laid down slowly, yes. bit by bit over millions of years, etc. But he actually admitted his reason uh, behind this when he wrote a friend. He said he wanted to free science from Moses. It's a very revealing letter there. <laughs> it sure is, because obviously the books of Moses, Genesis, you know, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy uh, contain, you know, obviously the creation and the law, right? And he wanted to free science from Moses, that record uh, of, of, of all the rocks that would have occurred during the time of the Great Flood. That's not even a scientific uh, um, goal, yeah, is it? That's, yeah. a, that's a theological goal. So, so don't use the Bible to think about anything except spiritual things. Uh, right. don't, don't think about the world around you, the fossils, etc., etc. Yeah, of course, there's a link between Moses and Jesus, isn't there? There is, yeah. And so, uh, anyway, you can visit creation.com slash age. You can get 101 scientific evidences for a young earth. 
and it just makes sense. Okay, as we wrap things up here, we're going to look at a feedback that came into our, uh, our, our through, through our website via email. Yep. And um, just interesting, talking about the age of the earth in, in this episode of Creation Magazine Live here, and then someone objecting to a biblical age for the earth. And you right. can follow along. There's a lot of links in this article and you can follow along creation.com slash objecting. We're not going to read everything here. We don't have time. Right. But you can get the rest on the website there. The letter begins, I'm a PhD physicist and also committed Christian. Having read your article, I'm shocked at the effort that has gone into defending what I consider to be a quite unreasonable position. Perhaps you've seen the Wikipedia website that discusses the age of the earth. There you will see that the earth has been aged by a large number of techniques and the accuracy of the result, 4.54 uh, billion years, has been estimated to be an uncertainty of 1%. Right, so first thing he's doing as a Christian, he's looking outside the Bible for, right. for answers to the age of the earth. He, he continued and said these estimates based on techniques such as the rate of the cooling of an initially molten earth and the layering of rock strata uh, varied between 75,000 years and 96 million years. You can see right in his answer there, he's accepted, uh, okay, the earth was once a hot molten blob. That's not what the Bible says. So he, even in his answer, he's using uh, these evolutionary um, assumptions. He also said it's remarkable to see the extent to which humans can go to justify a preconceived notion. Well, it's interesting because he's already revealed some preconceived notions. Well, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there. He concludes this way. He says, we need to have a grown-up view of the Bible and not try to make God small enough to fit into a box of our own making. We must accept the conclusions of science that have come from the inquiring minds that God created within us. Right. So uh, we had Dr. Don Batten, um, one of our senior scientists from Australia, uh, answer the gentleman. And we'll just highlight some of the things that Don uh, pointed out. And uh, um, Don got back to him, says, as a Christian PhD biologist who once believed in evolution in the billions of years story, I can understand how you could be a little nonplussed by our stand if you are not aware of the arguments. And that's usually the case, isn't it? People are just yes. often unaware of the arguments. However, I plead with you to do some more research on our website to understand why we take the stand that we do. And of course, the reason we take the stand that we do is because we want to look at the Bible first uh, uh, from our reasoning as Christians. Right. And so he went through and, and answered some of the objections. And we'll do a few of them here as much as we have time. Mm -hmm. One of the things that the gentleman said was these estimates based on techniques such as the cooling of an initi initially molten earth and layering of rock strata varied between 75,000 and 96 million years. And then he went on to say, say a few other things. Here's the response from Dr. Batten. I wonder if you can see any assumptions that have been made here to do, to do with this dating and how they would affect the result. Note that the Bible says that the earth was initially covered in water. It was not a hot molten blob. Does anyone know that the earth started as a hot molten blob? If it was covered with water to start with, then this dating is worthless. Right. As I pointed out in my article that has stimulated you to comment, all dating methods depend on assumptions about the history of the world, including radi radioisotope dating. Right. So there is a preconceived starting point that all people have. And as Christians, right. we should start with the, the Bible. And Don just pointed that out quite excellently. If you'd started with the Bible, you never would have got to believe in those methods anyway. Because the earth was never a hot molten blob. Right. So. Uh, and now elsewhere he says, it is remarkable to see the extent to which humans can go to justify a preconceived notion. Well, indeed so, Don says. There's lots of preconceived notions even in what this fellow is saying here. There's always preconceived notions when we're thinking about history. That's right. We encourage you to go to the website creation.com and we'll see you next week. 
Creation Magazine Live is a production of Creation Ministries International, the publisher of Creation Magazine and the minds behind creation.com. If you want to chip in to support our ministry, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.